0: You're listening to the Movie Crew Podcast. Tonight we're talking about Don Cassarelli's 1988 horror film,
1: Phantasm II. Our dreams, they feel real while we're in them, right? It's only when we wake up that we realize something was actually strange. we the middle children
2: of history, man. No purpose, in no place. We have no great war. No great depression. To get you, Barbara. We're on a mission for God. I'll buy that for a dollar. Welcome to the party, pal. What's the smile on that face? All right, sweethearts, you heard your man pull him out. Come on, let's I will show you where I have made my home while preparing to bring justice.
1: Then
2: I will break you. How great war is spiritual war. Our great depression is our lives.
0: Welcome to the podcast. I'm Brian. With me tonight, returning guest Paul Williams. Paul, hey. Hey, what's going on? Hey, we're here. We're talking Phantasm 2 tonight. 1998, uh, I'm sorry, 1988 horror film. Uh, I guess the reason we picked this tonight was because Angus Scrim, the actor that plays the Tall Man in the Phantasm series, uh, he recently passed away and left a a lasting legacy, um, especially in this role as the Tall Man. Outside of the flying spheres, uh, the Tall Man is the most his most iconic image from the Phantasm series.
2: I believe he's on every cover. Yeah, I think you're uh, right. So, you're right about that he is, he is definitely an iconic character for the movie and he's he's kind of he's kind of fucking creepy, man.
0: Yeah, you know, he's he's got his uh awesome voice and those eyebrows where he raises them.
2: Yeah, those and his slick back white hair and he, and then not only that but his posture, you know, he's stands super erect.
0: The way he portrays the tall man, it's very kind of lurch like kind of got a Frankenstein feel to him how he moves.
2: Yeah. But he does run. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he runs and he's very strong.
0: Now, this is directed by Don Cassarelli. Um, this is the first film we've covered by this director. He did all the Phantasm films, one through four. Mm-hmm. Have you seen all the Phantasm movies?
2: Yeah, I've, I mean, I've seen all of them, but it's been so long that I can't really remember all of them.
0: We have uh, James LaGrosse who is now coming in and playing the Michael role in Phantasm Two, taking over for Michael Baldwin, who yes. played the Mike character as a kid in the first film. That that's, a, that's kind of a big recast. I think that's the only returning character that they recast because Reggie returns, Reggie Bannister returns as Reggie. Um, yeah. I know they got real creative with these, these character names, didn't they?
2: It's really, really strange because in Phantasm, it's like, the, the main character, Michael, uh, you know, he's like this little rebel kid that rides around on this, you know, dirt bike and really good friends with the ice cream and, you know, who's who, who is Reggie, you know. I thought the relationship that they had was kind of strange in the movies myself.
0: Well, they didn't really have a relationship in the first film. They really only had... Not, not so much, no. They really only had like a couple of scenes together because Reggie was actually... His brother's friend. I forget what his brother's name was. I think his brother's name was Jody, and I, the whole movie starts because uh, one of their friends. I guess they had a band or something. He dies, and that kind of sets the whole yeah the whole first movie's events and, in motion. Movie. Okay, so I guess the reason we wanted to talk about Phantasm two instead of Phantasm one um, this this was the first Phantasm movie I saw.
2: Yeah, I think it was the first one I've seen too.
0: Yeah, I remember the. Uh, the TV spots for this. This trailer is amazing. The, the trailer guy's voice comes on. He's like, "Phantasm," you know. And, and yeah,
2: it is the trailer. Yeah, the trailer is awesome. The I mean, ball yeah, it is really back. Is an awesome trailer.
0: You know, it, yeah. got, it got you excited. <laughs> and I remember seeing that and being like Phantasm 2. dude. I don't even know what Phantasm one is, but that looks cool.
2: Yeah, yeah. Just just because of the like the spheres and it's a, it's a very good trailer.
0: This was my first exposure. Um, of course, I didn't see it. Um, in the theater because I was way too young. This came out in 88, so I was I was a wee little lad at that point. I do remember seeing the marketing for it, and I, I didn't catch up with this until... I, I think I saw this... We, we rented it somewhere in, like, 92. This was my first exposure to Phantasm, and, of course, I went back and wanted to see all the, the other ones. This had that kind of cool, like, 80s, 80s vibe. Like, once you go through all the Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street films... And then you start going through some slashers, and you're like, okay, well, well, what else did the '80s have to offer? And then there you go, you you stumble finally ac- ac- across Phantasm. It's it's yeah, a, it's, you it's you a good series.
2: Yeah, I mean, it is, it is. It's uh, the weird thing about Phantasm is it it kind of gets like David Lynchish.
0: Yeah, kind of have it has some kind of lost highways moments or some Maholland Drive things where like you know you get the the silencio you know in mahalan drive and you're yeah. just like what the hell is going on with this blue box and then the movie just kind of turns on you and you're just like what am i watching what is what is going on not yeah, not that fan i'm not comparing phantasm 2 and mahalan drive saying they're like the same kind of movie or anything but um just in terms of that like that dream feel it it does have like a little bit of that that lynch vibe I, yeah i agree
2: phantasm 2 is it's a good movie it's a fun movie to watch
0: this had the biggest budget of any of the phantasm yeah, films it did. Now, I say it had the biggest budget. The budget was three million dollars. That was the biggest budget this series ever had. And wow. I do, yeah, I believe <laughs> I believe Phantasm IV* came out in like '98. This this was the highest budget. Uh, it grossed. It came out in theaters and it grossed seven million. You know, not bad for a sequel. That I mean, the first movie was kind of a, a cult hit.
2: Yeah, and Phantasm was low budget budget horror film.
0: Yeah, it was one of those movies that was kind of like shot on the weekends. For super cheap. Yeah. <laughs> and then here is yeah. Universal, like, backing and giving them $3 million to, to make a film. And there are a lot of explosions in this movie now. They they put that $3 million to good use.
2: Yeah, they did. Dude, there's one thing that breaks my heart. They wrecked that beautiful, beautiful black 1971 Plymouth in Mikuda.
0: You know what's great, too? Not only did they wreck it, but it's... It's got that cliched moment where somebody's trapped in the car and the gasoline is like spilling out of as spilling dude. out of the tank and there's this tree that's on fire. There's,
2: there's so much fucking gas in that fucking tank, dude. <laughs> it's
0: ridiculous. Dude. It's a good cliched moment, right? Like, you know, it's got Yeah. I'm am a sucker for that kind of thing.
2: I am too, man. And and to be honest with you, dude, the the like there are a lot of shots in that movie. I'm kind of a sucker for beautiful landscape shots and there are some really good landscape shots especially like when they're driving through the mountains and stuff like that there are some actually really beautifully shot scenes
0: oh yeah like the uh the emptied out cemeteries there's a crane shot in the movie where every single grave has been dug up that is such Mm -hmm. an awesome just interesting visual and Yes, they had a big budget because they have this big crane shot and you get to see like man, they must have dug like, you know, 50, 60, 70 holes.
2: When they when they're chasing the tall man and they show up to that one town and the whole town is is like a basically like a ghost town.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know? That was okay. All right. Uh, hold up. We're we're starting to get a little into the movie. Why don't we um why don't we take a break, play the trailer. Amazing trailer. And then we'll come back and get in a complete spoiler-filled discussion of Phantasm Two.
1: Phantasm. The delusion of a disordered mind. A phantom. A spirit. A ghost. For ten years, the secret of Paragord Cemetery has remained a mystery. Now... Three innocent people are about to discover the ultimate evil.
2: You think that when you die, you go to heaven?
1: (laughs) You come to us. We've got to warn people. Phantasm 2. It's only a dream. It's a dream.
0: No, it's not. All right, so we're back. We're talking Phantasm 2. This movie starts with a recap of the last film.
2: Yes, it does. Starts yeah. off with the little what, what the hell are those things called? You mean the
0: Jawas? Is that what you're you're talking about the Jawas? The
2: yeah, the little the little Jawa-looking fuckers. Yeah. I mean, what are their actual names? Like, do they ever say it? Uh, I mean, because I mean, they I know just call
0: them like midgets or uh, demon midgets, creatures. Yeah,
2: I don't, I don't really fucking know. It's, the, it's really weird.
0: Little, little squashed down people. Or Jawa demons? There we go. The yeah, Jawa demons. Yeah, let's just call them the Jawas because that's that's what they are. They're evil Jawas.
2: <laughs> I kind of like those shots right there too at the beginning when like the tall man first comes to. I guess it's Reggie's house. <laughs> Reggie's house gets blown up twice in the same. <laughs> in the
0: same. No, I don't. I don't yeah. think that's. I don't think that's supposed to be Reggie's house in the beginning. There, that I think that's, that's Mike's house from the first movie. This like it, the way it yeah. picks up, and I like the framing device. They put it in this framing device of character Liz, this girl who is is having dreams of Mike from the first movie, and then it goes into this flashback where we see, you know, we see what that- happened at the end of the first movie where Mike gets grabbed, and then it, it carries on, and like yeah. Reggie just cleans house uh and he he yeah, blow, he blows yeah. the house up,
2: yeah, you know, I' really, really enjoyed that the the beginning part right there, man i thought I thought the whole illustrations and stuff in the books and, and an interesting way to do kind of like a narrative of a backstory
0: well it's it's a good way to connect everything because it connects Michael as a little kid from the first movie to the grown up Michael, the teenage the later teenage early 20 year Michael I think what did he say He's he's nineteen.
2: Yeah, and, I believe that's what he says.
0: Yeah, and it and it connects. We went from this actor and now we're going to this one and a lot of time has passed.
2: I mean, it, it does work. You have the scenes with him in the I guess it's the mental institution.
0: That intro scene. He is in a he's in a mental institution for I I guess you understand for the blowing up the house.
2: He got blamed for blowing up the house. Or at least that's kind of how they that's kind of how it was portrayed to me. Like, well, they never tell you the one
0: who the, Yeah, they never tell you why he's in there. You can you just kind of like left to assume that the house blew up and he was going around just spouting a bunch of crazy nonsense. Like, oh my gosh, there's this tall guy digging up graves and he makes Jawas and they're ah, it's insane. Yeah, and they you know they yeah. just kind of like locked him up and you don't really know what happens with Reg. He ends up getting out because he tells them. All he has to do is tell them, like, oh, no, I don't believe that stuff anymore. And they let him out, which is like, oh, okay.
2: I will say I did think it was kind of cool. When he was sitting there so- talking to the psychiatrist, you could hear what he was saying, but you could also hear what he was saying inside of his head. It's like, like,
0: I just I don't understand that. See, it's just like, man, this this doctor is terrible. Because go, like, hey, look, man, I'm, I'm not crazy anymore. The doctors are like, what? You're you're not? I don't see
2: little demon jaw anymore
0: since you said that you're free to leave
1: I don't blame Reg anymore I mean what could he do I mean the dreams have really just taken hold of me just tell him what he wants to hear and besides since <clears throat> I lost my family Reg is really the only person I've got he's the only one to I gotta get him. out of here she and needs I'm, me these dreams. I'm really looking forward to just moving back in with him and getting on with my life there's a lot of things I want to do
2: it's been a tough seven years but you've come a long way. Be well, Michael. And remember, it was all in your imagination.
0: You know, yeah, whatever. The movie needs to move along. I understand why they did it. And I'm completely <laughs> okay with it. I really am. I'm not... I'm, I'm just... I'm making fun of out of love here. The, the thing that's really confusing <laughs> yeah, is when he ends. gets out and then he meets, he meets the Reg character again <laughs> in the cemetery. And the first interaction that they have together... Reggie, he doesn't seem to know what Mike is talking about.
2: Like, this dude got the amnesia of everything.
0: Now, does that strike you a little strange, Reg, that every single corpse in this entire graveyard's missing?
1: What do you want, Mike? I want to stop him. The tall man. That story about me blowing up my own house because it was infested with midgets. That wasn't real your doctor said it was your own paranoid delusion hey fuck the doctors and fuck you too if you don't want to help me god
0: damn it mike i've tried to help you what the hell am i supposed to do it makes it really confusing because the flashback that starts the film off where reggie is blowing up the house that is all shot from reggie's point of view there's the the whole flashback mike is actually like knocked unconscious Yeah, because
2: he gets knocked out because the little Jawas start dragging him, you know, they start dragging him out.
0: Yeah, and Reggie goes downstairs and he has that, like, whole, yeah, he's got the whole fight with the Jawas. That's all done just with Reggie, so it's just from that character's point of view. When we get to the scene and we see him again, and he doesn't remember that at all, and he thinks that Mike is crazy, it's very confusing. Because it's like, well, wait a minute, if that was a dream that Mike was having, why was he having it from... Uh, I don't it's just really confusing. You know what I mean? It, it is. I'm sure it was done on purpose. It, but why? That's what I'm saying. Why why would
2: Well
0: that's what I'm saying. What I don't know the, why.
2: The the conversation that they're having when they're driving back to Reggie's house. The the wife and the kids and the in-laws and everybody's there and Mike has that fucking vision or whatever
0: and Wait, when did Reggie get a family though? like mike was locked up in an institution and like reggie was like well i got married i had some kids you know how it goes it's
2: that's what i, I, I was under the assumption of you it, know
0: is he still <laughs> an ice cream uh ice cream vendor well the, at least he cut that fucking
2: ponytail dude from the first one
0: well yeah you know it's it, it's the 80s that was more of the uh well no scal didn't even have the ponytail yet did he he didn't have the ponytail till Hard to Kill. No. Why do I know that? No. Oh my he, gosh.
2: Anyway, Seagal wasn't going bald like Reggie. He was already bald. Like he had horseshoe baldness going like a mofo. You know, you know, he kind of, he was just a mustache away from being fucking Carl from Aqua Tea.
0: Oh my goodness. <laughs> so <laughs> the house blows up, and so Reg loses his entire family. You know, they have a there's a cemetery scene. They're burying him. There's a funeral scene, I should say. And, you know, man, Here, here's where it gets a little weird for me. Reggie is just 100% on board. He's just like, yeah, all right, let's go kill this tall man.
1: You knew before it happened. I'm so sorry, Reg. Let's go, Mike. We got things to do.
0: Okay, if I was Reggie... What I would be thinking is, hmm, the guy that just got out of the psychiatric hospital. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he was just digging up graves in the cemetery. You know, I don't know what he was doing before that, and then boom, here my whole family's murdered. You know, I don't know. I would, yeah, I would definitely be be pointing fingers at at Mike at this point, being like, dude, what? Look, what's going on here?
2: Yeah, like your whole fucking family is dead. And, like, at the funeral, there's no, like, emotion or nothing. It's like, dude, your whole family just died. And you're just, like, sitting there with the sunglasses on. let's go get this tall man.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, that's that's what they do. They make, like, this revenge pack, and they're going to go get the tall man. And I guess Mike's going to go get Liz, the girl he's been dreaming of. Somehow they share dreams with the tall man, right?
2: I kind of got it from them that they were like telekinetically linked to the tall man in some kind of weird way.
0: Yeah, it's like when they dream somehow. Yeah, they're like they're like the dream warriors in um, Nightmare in Elm Street Part Three before this film really starts taking off and and going off into complete Phantasm Two world. Wrapping us all up from the events from Phantasm One. Does this does the beginning of Phantasm Two kind of ruined phantasm one for you i don't yeah a little bit (laughs) you know because like the first one's like a really good like david lynch dream horror film it's it's almost like uh kind of like Suspiria, where it's got i can yeah i can see
2: that
0: you know what i mean that weird it's got that weird supernatural dream logic to it is it a metaphor for death um did any of this happen or is is the kid completely dream all of this up when you get to Phantasm yeah. 2 and you, and you start watching, it kind of ruins Phantasm 1 where it's like, okay, well, all this stuff that, that could have been a metaphor for whatever that film could have been. No, it was just kind of about a, a man, an alien man coming to take our dead for slaves. I, I, I don't know. Pretty it, much, yeah. It makes me feel like it makes Phantasm 1 kind of just, it makes it be read at face value instead of look for deeper meaning into it. And it kind of takes the fun out of the first one for me just, to, just a tad.
2: Yeah, yeah, I could, I could definitely see where you're coming from on that. You know, being being such a Evil Dead fan, I really kind of noticed that there was a lot more elements of Phantasm Two that kind of did remind me of Evil
0: Dead. The humor, the sense of humor, and it's a little morbid.
2: What about when they go into the uh, hardware store? It's like, dude, that that is the most rickety ass lock to have on a hardware store, to where you can just. Something and just stick in the door and pop the damn lock right off.
0: Hey man, right. that's because they got a they got to get to that the '80s weapon montage scene. When this popped up, I was like, "Oh shit, man, this was made in the '80s."
2: Yeah, you can totally tell. Yeah, yeah, and it's like Commando got '80s. Written. Yeah,
0: right. It's like is Arnold Schwarzenegger the, going into the gun store right in Commando?
2: Yeah. What about what about the fucking quad quad barrel shotgun?
0: Oh, dude, I I like the quad barrel shotgun. I thought that was super cool. They barely use it in the movie, but it is cool. It's a cool weapon. uh, He uses it, like, what, once? Yeah, I think he uses it one time in the whole film.
2: That's kind of a little bit of a bummer, man.
0: does look kind of badass.
2: I will give him total credit on that one. He does. He does. Mike makes the fucking rickety-ass flamethrower.
0: Yeah, I thought the flamethrower was was pretty cool. I didn't like that as much as the uh, the quad barrel shotgun, but you know, it was it was neat. It was cool. I enjoyed it. They get a little <laughs> montage where they're making their weapons, and you know, it's very '80s, but it is it is fun. It's it's a satisfying scene. You know, there is one part where like Reggie picks up a rifle, and Mike's like, "If you got to do it, it's got to be close," and he gets a chainsaw. But yeah, then he, I saw he later,
2: chainsaw, man.
0: yeah, I saw later that Mike. He ends up, he takes a pistol. Well, I'm like, well, wait a minute. How, how's that How's that better than a rifle?
2: <laughs> there are so many scenes in that movie that you see him with that pistol. The, at the very end, when they get ready to leave, he goes, Reggie goes over there and opens the cash register up. and like, there's a stack of $100 bills on there, however much it was, you know. You know, they're, they're, they're awesome. the good guys, right? Awesome. Yeah. yeah, they're the good guys. They're, they're off to whoop ass, you know.
0: Exactly, yeah, you know the good guys they they still pay for their stuff. they did break into yeah, your place did. and you know cut up cut up a bunch of shotguns and you know take stuff without asking, but you know, hey, they' still paid for it.
2: I kinda like that scene man. It's kind of like narrating the fact that they've been following the trail of the tall man and shit like that. I, I kinda like that,
0: yeah, it's cool. you get to like the montage of like some of the towns they get to that are really. When the because v- it's it's not just Mike's VO, it's also Re- Reggie has like a VO section. He comes in as well, and he's got that one where he's like, "Yeah, we couldn't go to the authorities; they'd never believe us." And then like the ne- like the yeah, next shots, like they go to a town, and like the town's completely destroyed. And I'm like, "Well, dude, just just call the cops and have them come out to this town." I mean, but seriously though, it, you know, it's one of those things where it's like it doesn't make a lot of sense. No, it doesn't. Because the way this montage is constructed, and I think they say later in the movie that they've been on the road for six months, is that they they're going from town to town that is completely destroyed. Like it's not just one town yeah, or two like, towns.
2: Yeah, like the tall man and his Java demons are just wiping everybody out. You know. Yeah, the they're, t- they're, the they're tall, tall man's there.
0: going around destroying the middle America, uh, and then they yeah, get to this one area where they they have. This whole thing where the tall man sets up traps for them. And they go into yeah. that one church.
2: Well, that's where... For that shot that you you referred to earlier. The crane shot with all the graves. Oh, yeah. Stuff. With all the empty... Yes. I really, really, really like the lighting and everything in that shot. And oh, then no, they that's, go into the... That shot's uh, great. Yeah. And then that, that's when they go into the church and shit.
0: Yeah. They go into the church. And they see that... What they think at first is Liz. And then they move, she's wrapped up in a blanket and they move the blanket back and then the tall man comes out of her back? I guess he's like her spinal cord? <laughs> it's really weird. He comes out and he looks like a, he looks like um
2: Yeah, the, the Freddy Snake. Which one was uh, that, part three?
0: Uh, it's part three, right?
2: That was on part, that was, that was part three, yep.
0: Yeah, alright, yeah. In, so... uh,
2: in the hallway with the mirrors and shit. It looks like a miniature version of the Freddy Snake coming out of
0: this chick's back. Yeah, it's exactly what it looks like.
2: I thought the effect looked Looked pretty good. I mean, it was it was kind of you know. Oh no, I thought yeah, no, I thought the looking, makeup was cool. man.
0: Know? I thought no, I I'm not dissing. I'm not making fun of the makeup at all. No, I don't. I don't mean that as an insult on, or a slam or a dig on their work.
2: I, I think it's a really cool effect and a really cool scene because that thing I mean like just like pops out and like turns and just starts talking to him.
0: So they have that trap scene and you know they they roast her. And then we kind of take a break from Reggie and Mike for a minute and then we get set up into Liz's world. What what is the name of it? Pettigorg? Pettigorg?
2: Yeah, Pettigorg. Yeah, it's the town she lives in. And like her grandfather has passed away.
0: So like grandfather passes <laughs> away. Right? He's 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 gone. Man, let me tell you what. Her grandfather nobody liked this dick. Nobody shows you up know, at the I funeral. Was- <laughs> He was a terrible person. Nobody.
2: Uh, I mean, even even one of his granddaughters, even one of his granddaughters, the Liz's sister, she's trying to just haul ass the fuck out of there. Right. She only showed up just to show up. Like Dude. That, bitch was, that bitch was gone.
1: Last train leaves at 6. I've got to be on it. Damn it, Jerry, I need you to be here. With us. Just one more day. I have to get back to Bruce and Stevie. I've got to get going now. It's twenty miles back to the station. Besides, grandma's a tough cookie. Thanks, Jerry. I'm sorry, hon. I really do have to go.
0: She did not even tell her grieving grandmother goodbye. She was just like, "Oh, hey, grandma's a tough cookie." All right, later, Gramps. She didn't even say that. That was exactly what.
2: That was exactly what she said to. She was like, "She's a tough cookie." (laughs)
0: You know, you know, grandma. the two actresses that are they're just sitting there playing the sisters, I did think they looked very similar. Like, they looked like they could be related.
2: They looked like they actually could be sisters.
0: Yeah, I, I thought that was good. So, anyway, Sister leaves. Liz just starts wandering the halls of the mausoleum. And then the priest gets real crazy and just takes a knife out and stabs it right up in Grandad.
2: Yeah, I, I didn't really get that. And the fucked up thing is, like, once again, going back to this guy must have been really fucking hated. (laughs) You have a priest
0: who stabs him with a knife when he's already dead. Okay, okay, hold up. All kidding aside, was the priest, like, helping the tall man? Or did he just find out about the tall man and he was trying to stop him? Like, I didn't understand his motivation.
2: That's kind of maybe and, and maybe he was he was kind of helping the tall man out but then he felt some kind of guilt for doing it and was like no i'm not going to help him out no more because this is you know this is just not right
0: okay so you thought it was both and he had some kind of yeah. point where he he turned that, that like i said that's kind of what i took from it it's very vague this this also leads to something else so the priest he stabs Granddad, right? Grandma yeah. sees this; she freaks out. It cuts to black, and then the next time we see these two characters, the priest—he's in his house, not arrested, just in his house. And then yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Liz character is taking care of her mom, who fainted. And it's just like, well, wait a minute—yeah, nobody, nobody called the cops on the priest that stabbed this guy.
2: I don't even know if it's illegal to stab a dead body. <laughs>
0: Well, I'm just like I'm I just mean, saying, really, like you know, if you're if you're sitting there at a funeral and all of a sudden your priest comes out, he's just like, yeah, and all he whoops out this gigantic fucking rambo knife and starts stabbing the dead fucking person right there in the room. Some people may be like, huh, I don't know if I approve of this priest's um, behavior right now. I I I don't know if I can condone yeah, this or in, not.
2: Yeah, but in this scenario. There was nobody there.
0: (laughs) Well, no, the grandma saw it. I mean, I know
2: the grandmother saw it, but it wasn't like there was a bunch of people in the the pews mourning this guy. Well,
0: that's true. I mean, it's just weird because you would think that the Liz character would show up there from hearing her grandma scream, you know, and then she would see the knife sticking out of her dead grandfather's (laughs) body and just be like, hey, how did rambo knife get stuck in his chest that's because that wasn't here a minute ago right did Arnold did Arnold switch
2: nigga show up from commando and stab my grandpa in the chest <laughs> he,
0: he, he was showing up because because Reggie and Mike they raided they raided the gun store and he got there and he's like god damn all the fucking shotguns are gone oh my gosh oh, this is derailing goodness. so quick it it's hard to tell like what what's supposed to be a dream and when certain scenes are real and when they're not and it it's very confusing but it i don't know it's kind of the fun of phantasm right
2: yeah the movie is very ambiguous
0: oh man and then uh we get our first real cool uh scene with um the tall man coming up on in liz when liz is going through the ma- mausoleum hallways uh, so we get Angus Scrim and he does this real cool uh, arched eyebrow and delivers that really awesome line.
1: Graveside service is about to begin.
0: So the whole Tall Man's plan from the first Phantasm movie is that they dig up dead bodies and they squish them down and they make them into like short midget creatures and then they sip- job with Yeah, and then they ship ship them off to their planet as slaves. Is what they kind of speculate in the first movie?
2: I was always under the impression or I always got from it that it was like an alternate dimension. Or it was like a different dimension.
0: Well you don't you don't really know. Like uh well you don't you don't know up at this point yet whether it's a different dimension or a different planet or any of that stuff. And it's it's still it's just people kind of I think speculating or like doing a Vulcan mind meld, you know? <laughs> you know, doing some psychic shit, oh, bro. All right, no. come on. All right, they're like Dune. All right, they they do some psychic shit. They do it in their brain. They think you know, like everybody's Professor X in these movies. Come on, just go with me here. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Just
2: just go with it.
0: The whole plan is is that they're they're making slaves out of out of dead people, but Granddad he comes back in, as a straight zombie. Um, the priest gets visited by Zombie Dad, and then Zombie Dad he takes Grandma in the middle of the night.
2: With his uh, lips sewn together and shit.
0: And then we go back to yeah, gonna... Mike and Reggie. Reggie ends up picking up this girl, Alchemy. I really <laughs> like, I really, really, really like how this scene's cut. I like how it's shot. When he is dreaming of rolling up on this girl. Mike has dreamed of this right, same yeah. girl before, dead on a table naked. So he's had visions of this yeah, girl. Yeah, yeah. He
2: has that vision earlier when he's in... The, the mortician's office.
0: I do want to take a moment. I man, I think this sequence right here is expertly done. How this is shot with him, like Mike is just sitting there in the car. He kind of has his eyes open and he's in, you know what I mean? It's like a dream. Some of his consciousness is coming through into his subconscious, you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah. So he's actually getting some of this perceived yeah. reality in through into his dreams. And I mean I just think that was so expertly captured in the sequence. And when he wakes up and she's in the car, it just really shows like how awesome of a director Don Casarelli is, that he can take something that may have been like a paragraph in the script and just made it into this a really amazing, awesome sequence. It just really gets you that into is, these is, characters' heads. Yeah
2: that that sequence is a really is a really awesome scene and then when, like like you said when he wakes up and she's in the car and Reggie's like oh well yeah she was on the side of the road and I just you know I couldn't leave her there I mean like this dude's family died man he's already you know picking up a chick on the side of the road and like all he's thinking about is getting him some and it's like Jesus man really
0: come on guy well, yeah, it was it was six months though, you know. Six months has passed. He has been on the road, like literally. They have been going to dead towns. There have been no other people there.
2: Okay, <laughs> okay. I'll give you. I'll I'll give you that. I'll give you that, that. Okay. You know, friending yourself for six months isn't 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 very fun.
0: The thing that I think is is great is is that Mike tells Reggie that he's you know he's seen her dead in the dreams. Yeah. And he's like, well, no, wait, yeah, look, we We can right. still keep her around. And he, he he justifies it just so he can get laid.
1: This girl's in my dreams, except when she's in them, she's dead. I think for her sake, she shouldn't get involved with us. Well, your dreams always come true? No, not exactly, but pretty damn close. Shit, Mike, have you looked at her? You yeah, know, we've been out here a long time. Besides, it gets hard on the road. Reg, you're thinking with your wrong head. This girl, she's in danger. Okay, okay. So she's in danger with us or without us. At least with us, we can protect her, right? I mean, isn't that logical?
0: Yeah, in a horny sort of way, I suppose it is. So we we were just with Liz, right? And Paragord. Yeah. Then we were with Reg and Mike and now they're driving to Paragord, and they make it there that night. And when they make it there, in that short amount of time, which may have been twenty-four hours, the whole town's gone to shit. The downtown's Everything destroyed. Right. Like, man, the tall man just <laughs> came in and just cleaned up. But uh, Alchemy's parents own a bed and breakfast, and that you know they end up staying at the bed and breakfast. When they get to the bed and breakfast, they show that people are actually in the houses and on the street. Like, there's still some people left in the town.
2: Yeah, because the one one house has the lights on, and then you just see them close the blind.
0: Yeah, and they had that line where, like, oh, they're too scared to come out. The very next scene, they are booby trapping the house so that if you open the back door, a grenade will go off. And if you open the front (laughs) door, a shotgun's going to (laughs) go off in front of your face. And it's like, huh? The quad gun. I, no no reg takes the quad gun with him but it's still a shotgun and it's just like oh, yeah, yeah
2: yeah 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 they just put a yeah they put a regular just double barrel shotgun
0: man door. i hope hope some random people just don't come by and open those doors because if they do they are <laughs> fucking
2: <dead. laughs> the, that would be like the worst bed and breakfast ever to show up at well yeah man.
0: they did they did chainsaw the front door to get in as well
2: yeah, that that would that would be like a sign right there, you know, that to not open the fucking door.
0: <laughs> Reg and Mike, <laughs> they end up going to the cemetery. They're really going there to rescue Liz. They don't really know that yet. But uh, you know, that's that, that that's what ends up happening. I do like these the gas mask guys. I think they ended up calling yeah, it the the gravers.
2: The gravers, yeah. I think I thought they were kinda cool. Even though they they kind of look like the uh bad guy from the original My Bloody Valentine.
0: Yeah, that yeah, it does look like the minor mask from My Bloody Valentine. Yeah. That's yeah, that good notice there, Paul. Good notice, man. That is a yeah. slasher classic. I
2: mean, yeah, the the gravers, the gravers are they they are kind of pretty interesting characters.
0: Well, dude, I love always love it when they're pushing the recently dug up caskets and they have all the earth and dirt, like all molded to the casket, and it's like all wet. But as they're like pushing it down, yeah. it can, for whatever reason, it has like smoke and steam coming off of it.
2: <laughs> yeah, this bitch is hot.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I, man, I don't know. I just, I loved that. It's such a nice little gothic touch to put in the film.
2: The film does kind of have gothic kind of
0: undertones to it. The whole mausoleum sets, and man, dude, those are just. You know that's just very creepy. It's a very creepy atmosphere, even though everything's well lit. Something about those symmetrical doors, kind of like you know, it's kind of like in The Shining. Yeah. Only it's like, it's even creepier because it's not just a hotel hallway. The the walls are actually full of dead people. Yeah. That's kind of disturbing. At this point in the movie, this is where we actually get full on. We get to see silver orbs. Yeah. The priest comes up and he he touches the orbs. Uh, and there's there's three in this movie. There's two silver spheres, and there is a gold one that is like I guess like the super sphere. I don't know. It's
2: it's like it's like the gold pokeball, man.
0: It's like the what? The golden
2: pokeball.
0: You know? No, I don't know. What are you talking about, dude? The golden <laughs> what?
2: I was <laughs> I was talking about Pokemon. Yeah, I made a Pokemon reference. The golden sphere.
0: Okay, so anyway, uh, we're just gonna pretend that never happened.
2: <laughs> yeah, we can just just edit that out.
0: Very, very. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you just you just threw it right in there too. Like, oh man, this is so natural. It, it this just feels like the right <laughs> time to make my Pokemon reference that I've been.
2: Was <laughs> I mean was. Was the golden one supposed to have, like, I mean, more special abilities than the silver ones? I, I didn't really understand, like... Well, yeah,
0: I mean, it does later in the movie. The gold ball in this film kind of has, like, super laser powers, and it's got like a mini Death Star. Instead of blowing up planets, it blows up rats. The Preacher and has this really cool confrontation with the tall man.
1: They have no need of your services.
0: Who are you? to question the word of
1: God's servants.
2: think that when you die, you
1: go to heaven. You come to
0: us. Angus <laughs> Scrim freaking nails that, man. That's just, it's cool dialogue. It looks great. And then here we go. The sphere gets unleashed. And it's got that new, it's got the, well, I guess if you saw the first phantasm first, for you, it would have been the new little saw blade that comes out. For me, that's the first. Yeah. That's the first time I, that's the first thing I ever saw the ball and man that blew my mind. And he comes by and it cuts his ear off of the priest. I thought that oh that's a good makeup shot.
2: Yeah, that 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 really is a good death scene too.
0: And you okay, so you when, brought up Pokemon. That you know the shots of the ball like flying, it does kind of have yeah. it does kind of have an anime feel where it's like the background is just going so fast and you just see the ball and those little those little the blades come out of it now.
2: You know, I mean, yeah. Actually, I think it, I think it is interesting that you 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 bring that up because uh, I, I kind of thought the same thing. I'm not saying that it was intentionally done, but it does have a
0: little bit of a uh,
2: that that sci-fi like anime kind of feel to it.
0: Yeah, it's it's got a real man. It's got a real nice, good energy to it, and oh, man, when that ball hits that priest, man, it just nails into that guy's head, and oh. This scene feels extremely edited to me. I could definitely see that. You know what I mean? It, you can tell it's kind of edited for content. Like, they were trying to go for, like, a less rating. Yeah, because you, you only
2: see, like, the blood shoot out for, like, a second. Like, if you're not really looking for it or you're not really paying that close attention to it, you probably might not even notice it.
0: Yeah, it, it goes by pretty quick. The priest dies. Tall man meets up with Liz. Okay worst effect of the entire movie. I hate to call it out but we're here we're talking about the movie let's go ahead and you know let's be honest here. Total movie fail. major when he grabs major Libs fail. and uh, when he grabs Libs, the tall man when he grabs Liz and he throws her that is the worst effect in the entire movie Yeah, that was I
2: don't know man there's another one there's, there's another scene in the beginning of the movie that was that's pretty fucking bad. Like when um Reggie is fighting that one Jabba demon like in the very beginning of the movie and he's like sitting there beating him against the fucking table and or the bar and shit. It's like that looks kinda that's a stuffed Jabba demon you're beating the shit out of.
0: That right there is a dummy. That is definitely not a real person or a thing. I <laughs> I, I still say this is the worst one. That
2: that throw was fucking
0: bad. <laughs> This is my favorite part of the movie. This makes me laugh every single time I watch it. Reg, Mike, they meet Liz. They leave. They go back to bed (laughs) and breakfast. Alchemy's there. They're all sitting in a room. And, dude, I love it. They're all like, yeah, we're going to get the tall man. We we got a revenge pack. We're going to go kick some ass. We got girls now. So um, what are we doing? Let's get out of here. Let's leave first thing tomorrow.
1: Well, I don't think we ought to wait around this place, I'm just waiting for him to come and get us. You're right, but I think we only got a couple more hours till daybreak. And the traps on the door should keep us safe. I tell you what, um, why don't we just get some shut eye, and then we'll just bang out of here in the morning. Yeah, I could use some sleep. Come on, I'll watch over you.
2: Yeah, that was kind of like, I thought that was kind of weird, too, because it's like, you know, you guys were like, so like, fucking gung-ho, fucking Rambo, we're gonna go get the tall man, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna kill all the Java demons, and then now, you know, you got Liz and Alchemy, and wow. Just by the girl's name being Alchemy, you know her fucking parents were hippies, but we're not even going to really get into that. But anyway, no, no. He decides, especially Reggie, he decides that he's going to go upstairs and get him some booty.
0: This is where I kind of figured out that Alchemy was either undead person working for the tall man or the tall man, actually the tall man. Because,
2: yeah, <laughs> so well... that means Reggie was... Was fucking the tall
0: man. Well, this is okay. This is. I mean, I don't. It could be an undead person, you know, working for the tall man. You know, like an undead. Well, oh, that
2: makes it even better. That's necrophilia.
0: Well, <laughs> <laughs> that makes it even better. <laughs> okay. Well, see. Look. Here's here's the thing on this. Here's my logic. Yes, like the sex scene they have. Or well, it's not really a sex scene because she's still wearing her panties. She's just like rubbing what I'm her saying. boobs into his face. But then, yeah,
2: and like when she's like kissing his fucking head and shit. Yeah. Oh, I, I love your bald head.
0: <laughs> but how the scene ends is, is one of the grenade booby traps goes off in this bed and breakfast. Yeah. And he hears that and he gets up and she's just sitting there laughing in bed. Like she's, you know what I mean? It's it's a really weird off-putting laugh. It's very creepy. Like the way she's laughing. She's like, but Reg and yeah, I, you know, it's just really bizarre.
2: I did kind of get that too when I watched it. I was like, ah,
0: that's kind of a little weird. Any normal person would be like, oh wait, what was that noise? It was a grenade. Oh, grenade! That that's an explosion. That's bad. Or she would have had Liz's reaction. Yeah, uh, well, of course, Liz gets taken by the tall man, and that kind of that kind of sets up our third act, where yeah. Mike and Reggie go go Liz. after the tall man. We got to go get the girl. And of course they, they stop by the stairs again and they're like, hey man, what are we doing? I'm just 19-year-old kid and Who are we kidding?
1: I'm a nineteen-year-old kid, you're a bald middle-aged ex- ice cream vendor. Thanks, Mike. You can't kill him alone. No way. How about our families? Are we just gonna forget about them? I'm never gonna forget about them. But Reg, come on, we got people who
2: are alive right now who are depending on us. Yeah, we have girls. We don't need this. <laughs> Fuck the tall man. Let him just go and wipe out every small town in fucking Oregon.
0: Yeah, that, that, that's that's kind of how it is. I mean, they're they're like, yeah, yeah, hey, look, we're superheroes up until a point. We got our women. We got to go now. So yeah, the tall man takes Liz. Uh, throws in her hearse. And here we go. We have a car chase. Oh, uh, I didn't like it. Well, you didn't like this? I didn't I, like I, it. I liked the car chase, man. I thought it was pretty I, cool.
2: I, I, okay, I liked the car chase. I just didn't like the end of the car chase. Why, why, why did they destroy that beautiful piece of American muscle? And it...
0: Paul's like, some they, people... Really some people me. cry when characters in movies die. I cry when... When cars explode on screen. But you got to
2: admit, man, that is a that is a fucking, that is a badass car, man.
0: No, I mean, the, yeah, no, the car looks cool.
2: Things that, you know, kind of reoccur in, in all the movies. If I'm not mistaken, I believe that same car is in all four of the Phantasm movies.
0: Man, you know, dude, it's been so long since I've seen three, since I've seen part three and four.
2: Well, I'm I'm about damn sure that that car is in all the Phantasm movies. That black in Mikuda.
0: Yeah, I know it's in the first two, because I just watched those. And I watched those pretty pretty often.
2: Because the car belonged to to Mike's Mike's brother. brother.
0: Yeah, the Jody character in the first movie. Yeah, you're right. Jody character.
2: And that car had way too much gasoline in it.
0: Yeah, this is the scene we referenced in earlier. Yeah, so... The car wrecks and Reg is trapped in it, and a tree that's on the fire, and the gas is slowly making its way to the open flame. And you know what? You know what's going to happen. You know the car is going to blow up. They yeah. got to cut. They got to cut Reg out. It, it's extremely cliched, but you know it's. A, I like it. It's. It's a scene I like. It's suspenseful. It's fun. You know why people put this kind yeah. of stuff in movies? Because it's it. It's tried, but it's true, and it works. An oldie, but a goodie. Yes, it
2: does. Didn't they drop They dropped the character alchemy off?
0: No, they, I think they leave her at that bed and breakfast. Take Liz's car and drive south 100 miles. Now go. Well,
1: what's going to happen to you? How are you going to find me?
0: I'll find you. If I'm able.
1: What's that supposed to mean, if you're able?
0: we cut back to her as she slowly comes because she ends up picking up their characters at the very end of the movie but they keep cutting back to her at least three or four times in between now yeah, and thanks again. for
2: the thanks for the good third basin honey i'll see you <laughs> when i see you
0: we get this we get the scene where like uh, i guess one of the morticians is trying to burn burn liz he's gonna put her in the incinerator and she ends up throwing him in there, turns him into Ash, and...
2: That's the Creepo Twin number one.
0: Yeah, well, you know, I like how the second one gets taken, so we get the second ball. I, I thought this was really cool, because that guy, he gets it on his hand, and then he ends up chopping his hand off.
2: Sphere in his hand, and everything's still attached to the damn door.
0: And this kind of sets up this whole, the mythology around the sphere, that like, once... I guess it's done its drill thing and it's attached to flesh. It's kind of inactive at that point, but yeah. right, right on the corner comes the gold ball, and that's when like that uh, you get those really cool shots where they they start running for it.
2: The the total Sam Raimi busting through the doors, you know that real fast pace. I mean, when I saw that, it it, it straight reminded me of Evil Dead Two, you know, with those with those door shots where the Ash you sitting there slamming the doors shut and the doors are just getting busted wide open again.
0: That is one thing, like Evil Dead, that's I like that because the camera actually busts through the door. This isn't as cool because they don't actually go through the door. They just do white flashes yeah. in between. So you don't even see the door, like you don't see it move or like anything, like a hole cut out in it or anything. It's just, it's just a white flash in between the door.
2: Yeah, but it's still it's still kind of I don't know. Just to me, it just kind of reminded me of just like that whole sequence. Kind of reminded me of a little bit of an Evil Dead.
0: Yeah, no. I, and then they I get, get to you, the, like the POV of the ball. Yeah, no, I, I agree.
2: Yeah, then they get to the one door that's like the metal door or whatever. Yeah, and it like melts through and shit. It
0: melts through like a Jedi. <laughs> what would. about what?
2: What about when the? I think it's the scene shortly after that when they're when they're in the. In the in the one room, I guess it's like a storage room or whatever. The like the scanner comes out. Like the red the red beam.
0: Yeah, and it starts looking through the room, it blows the rat up. Yeah, that that, it's kinda weird. Like the I don't know how I feel about the spheres shooting out lasers. I guess it's cool. I liked it better when they were just when they had like little moving parts of like, Oh look here, I got a little saw, ooh, I got a little knife, I got a drill. I I like the I like the when the balls did that. I don't know about shooting lasers. That's I don't know. It's just not as fun. You know what I mean? Like having somebody die by getting stabbed mm. in the head and then having their brain drilled out is cool. Having somebody get shot with yeah. a laser and being blown up is kind of
2: yeah it, yeah. It kind of takes the punch out of it a little bit, I guess. And also, it also puts more of like a, this kind of weird sci-fi element into it. The movie does kind of have like a a bit of a sci-fi tone to it. You know, it's supposed to be a fucking horror movie.
0: So the the guy that chopped off his hand, the mortician that did that earlier, like, the ball ends up going through a door and, and drilling through his back and out his face. Now, I did like that. when they like turn him around and the ball's coming out of his face and it's got this circular drill yeah. coming out of its mouth and it's still moving some when they touch it. I thought that was a really cool yeah. effect. I really enjoyed that.
2: Actually, I will be honest with you, man. I think he probably had the one of the most interesting death scenes, if not the most interesting death scene in the entire movie. Ball went inside him and you could just hear it like grinding. and It, it almost has this like dentist drill kind of sound to yeah, it. Yeah, right? Exactly
0: you know? how I would describe it. Dude, that that was
2: probably one of the coolest fucking death scenes.
0: He did not die a pleasant death.
2: And then you and then you have the scene where Reggie Reggie is fighting the graver.
0: It, it's so fucking weird. Oh man, I thought thought that was hilarious. It's like what it comes down to, the whole point of the fight is it comes down to finally Reggie gets to bust out this this chainsaw that he's been carrying around the entire movie. And then and then the graver, the gas mask wearing guy just busts out this it comically huge chainsaw. Yeah, like a Leatherface
2: chainsaw.
0: That's got to be homage to um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Where, where Leatherface busts it's out got, that really big chainsaw. It's got to be an homage to that. Yeah, I was I was thinking the exact same thing. I do like there's that one shot where Reg like he does the jump split over the really big chainsaw and it's like misses his nuts <laughs> yeah. by like maybe an inch or two every time i see that shot i'm like Ooh, oh so close
2: and then and then you have the chainsaw battle they're like using chainsaws like you would a sword
0: yeah i mean the the battle scene's pretty good and, and then you know he leaves and then a bunch of the the bunch of the demon jaw was come out he finally gets to use this is the one time he gets to use the the quad barrel shotgun and it yeah, is really oh yeah, awesome.
2: And the, dude, that, it, that is the only time that he actually uses the the, the quad barrel shotgun.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the only time I... Well, it's the only time he fires it and kills or hits something. Yeah. And I, I like it, too, because, like, man, he takes out, like, all four of those demon jawas. Like, they all get hit in one spray. It's, it's a pretty cool yeah, effect. All... It's very satisfying.
2: And another thing, dude, I, I don't mean to keep going back to this, but I swear the mannerisms that he, that Reggie has at this point, it's it's almost Ash versus the Demonites.
0: Yeah, with the, with the chainsaw <laughs> and the shotgun.
2: And I really like that shot because, like, he's just, like, walking up the steps and then he just, like, turns around and there's just, like, a bunch of them coming at him fucking fire and you see all that yellow... Blood come out of it or whatever, that yellow fluid. Oh, no, yeah, they, got, they have
0: yellow blood, you know? Yeah, that's what they thats what they get pumped with. But yeah. Reg finally meets up with uh, Mike and Liz, and they find the white room with... It's the, tun- the tuning fork room, you know, that leads to, to his world. It's really cool. They get into the room by using those the spheres, and that's when Mike has his idea once they're embedded in flesh, they're kind of disactive. I, I always like that because it gives the spheres some kind of purpose. You know, they're not just random killing machines. They're also like little key cards. And- so Mike
2: gets sucked into the little portal to the other dimension, right? Reggie kind of goes to save Mike, and he gets sucked in too. Yeah. The only thing is keeping both of their asses from going into this portal completely is the tips of Reggie's
0: feet dude reggie works out man didn't you see there's that there's this one shot in the movie where like like mike's mike's off doing something and if you look in the background reggie's just got like a you know he's got like 350 on his bench and he's just he's just lifting them with his toes (laughs) yeah it's it's you know this is before cgi too so when you when you see that shot you're like wow damn no i'm totally joking
2: (sighs) but that just didn't make any sense it's just like really Okay, so inside this portal is—is is that supposed to be Jody? That comes out of the fucking trash can?
0: No, no, it's just whatever creature they sent before. That's not anybody that they know. Okay, all
2: right, yeah. No, it's just a, it's like, just
0: a monster that just comes out. It's just one of the creatures that's coming out of the canisters.
2: Yeah, he he tried to give Reggie a kiss. But Reggie won't try to have none of that. Reggie yeah. only sleeps with random girls he picks up on the side of the road.
0: So Reggie and Mike, they kind of they kind of get sucked into this portal, and they're trying to work themselves out through this different dimension or different planet, wherever it is. Tall man is trying to straight-up embalm Liz on this table, but what the tall man doesn't know is that Reggie, a couple scenes ago, threw hydrochloric acid <laughs> all in the embalming fluid. Mike and Reggie, they get out. Man, I... This part, when I first saw this movie, I thought this was the coolest scene. Mike takes the ball off the door, and he just shoves it at the tall man. It sucks onto his forehead and just starts messing the tall man up. And the tall man just takes that thing off his head and crumbles it up like it is a soda can and throws it, man. Yep. And that's when I was like, it "Oh my sure God, does. the tall man is badass! He just took one of those spears and just balled it up like a soda can." I mean, at first, you,
2: at first, you, it almost makes you think this thing is fucking the tall man up. I mean, it's shooting out all that you know, yellow blood and shit.
0: And oh yeah, you think he's a goner it. for it's sure just... when the the ball hits him. You're like, oh yeah, yeah you're dead, dude. You're dead because I mean, those balls are no joke. They they will destroy anything.
2: The tall man. He just grabs that bitch right out of his forehead and like you said, man, he crushes that motherfucker and just throws it on the ground. I
0: uh, see I do like that too when that little weird claw beak thing comes out of his forehead and start he starts trying to feed. Yeah, Mike. what the fuck is that? I don't know, man. It's just... like I mean I
2: I like the effect and I like the scene. I mean, I like it. Is that where the tall man get? it Gets his power from? No, you
0: know, I just think it's just like a piece crazy. of his real form. Because I mean, whatever he is, I mean, I don't know. I just always assume that he doesn't really look like that. He he just looks, he appears that way to blend in in our world or dimension or wherever we are.
2: Okay, so you're going more of the Stephen King's It theory.
0: Well, I mean, he just no, takes it, the form of something. Yeah, I mean, it seems that way. He's got yellow blood, you know, and he. He's got all these weird physical properties. Yeah. He can. He's super strong. Obviously, the gravity on whatever dimension or planet he's from is like w- way higher, stronger than Earth's. Because you know, like when they get, they about go about into that world, they just get pushed down straight away. They can't even stand up. Yeah, that's true.
2: And he also controls the uh, Java demons.
0: I think this is the this is my f- I think this is my favorite makeup section of the entire movie. Is when he gets stabbed with that embalming needle and the hydrochloric acid gets pumped in through his veins and he starts melting.
2: I oh, really yeah. man, this is yeah. a really good sequence. I, I, I know there's one shot where he like he puts his hand on the wall and like you can just see the skin just like melt right off.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, dude, the, all the makeup shots right here in this scene. This scene are so good, man. They're so good.
2: The death of the tall man, it's a very fitting death. And it, and it was done very, 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 very
0: well. It's good. The makeup's good. Angus Scrim is totally selling it here. All the tall man stuff is great. I don't know. There's there's a part of me that, like, even when I was watching it for the first time, I was like, oh, man, you know, it's, it's the 80s. So it's like, oh, you killed the the big bad guy. He's not really dead. I know that. But it's like, yeah. man, you feel like oh, he's yeah. dead. Like, like he's not getting up from that.
2: Yeah, like, this dude is done. And not only that, but then, you know, Reggie decides he wants to use their makeshift flamethrower and just, you know, set the whole church ablaze.
0: Yeah, they burn. They end up burning the so, place down. Know. As they're burning the place down, yeah, that- Kimmy, a.k.a. Alchemy, pulls up in the hearse, and uh, they decide to get in, and uh, they're going to go off with their girls into the sunset. Movie over, right? Happy ending, yeah. Yeah, and then Alchemy, like, starts pulling away some of her scalp.
2: I really kind of thought it was weird, the fact that, you know, she ran across, just happened to run across the tall man's hearse.
0: Like, I think she's dead before they yeah. even meet her. You know, yeah. I think I think her uh, just running across that hearse, I think that's just more of, like, something for the audience. Just be reminded that she ex- exists there. Okay, so she, like, pulls... Some of her scalp off and Reggie starts screaming and the car stops. Mike and Liz are in the back with a coffin. And all of a sudden Reggie comes comes up and starts beating against the back window and he's all bloody and you just you assume he's he's dead.
2: Yeah. And then they get ripped out the fucking back glass of the hearse. Reg! 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 Reg!
1: Michael! Uh. Reg! listen to me this is not happening we're gonna wake up it's a dream it's only a dream no
0: it's not uh that scene in the trailer, they actually reshot that. They reshot that in sequence right there inside of the mausoleum. And that's Boom. that whole little dialogue bit and interaction is done inside the mausoleum for the trailer. Yeah? Alright, so Phantasm Two. So final thoughts, Paul? What did you think? It's
2: it's a fun movie. I wouldn't really say it's a scary movie, but it's definitely a fun movie to watch. It really sucks that, you know, Angus passed away. You won't be seeing him play the tall man anymore. But, uh.
0: Hold um, up, hold up, hold up. That's not true. That's not true. There are four phantasm movies, but. And I'll make sure, I promise, I will put this in the show notes for the show. Don Casarelli has already shot a fifth phantasm movie with Ang- Angus Scrim, A. Michael Baldwin. Reggie Bannister everybody is back even the guy who plays Jody he's back everybody's back so I don't I'm not 100% sure if, if it's going to be released if it's going to be dumped on home video from what I understand it was shot a while ago they have released a little trailer for it people know about it people have known about it for over a year now nobody's seen the movie yet though so hopefully we get to see the film I think these films are going to come out into some kind of Blu-ray format here pretty soon. Um, of course, you can buy Phantasm Two right now on Blu-ray. Screen Factory has has done a really good job um, putting it out. From what I've read, I have not had a chance to review it yet myself. I don't own it yet, unfortunately. Um, for this, I was just I just had to watch the DVD because that's what I had. Because this was so last minute, but. I think we have something. I think there's some Blu-rays coming out for the first Phantasm, and maybe, you know, maybe the third and the fourth will have something, and maybe we can get the fifth one released. Okay, I just wanted to throw that out there just so listeners know. Paul, go ahead. Final thoughts. Phantasm 2.
2: Yeah, Phantasm 2, it's a fun movie to watch. I mean, it it really is. I mean, it made me laugh my ass off in some parts. I recommend checking it out.
0: I don't think this is a sequel that surpasses the first. I don't think this is like an Evil Dead 2 kind of film. Where I feel like Evil Dead 2 is... For me, it's better than Evil Dead 1. Phantasm 2... I'd say I agree with you on that. I agree definitely on on that. Yeah, Phantasm 2 is not as good as Phantasm 1. Phantasm 1's the better film. It's original, it's fresh. It has so much to it. I get different interpretations from different scenes in that film. Phantasm 2... You can read into some things, but a lot of it's just kind of at face value, and it is—it's very '80s. It feels like an '80s movie. It has a lot of the '80s trappings, and you know, these things we're used to seeing in '80s films. James Lee Gross. This is his only turn as Michael. I think I thought he did a great job. Um, I was I was really happy. Yeah, having- I actually like I, I actually liked his character as Michael. Yeah, I thought he turned in a really good performance. Um I thought him and Reggie had good chemistry, and I thought him and Liz had good chemistry. I really liked what uh, Don Casarelli did in terms of like, yeah, he had a lot of budget and I th- I thought he put it up on screen. Like you see that 3 million on screen here. I think this is the best-looking phantasm movie in terms of like professional gloss. Yeah, this looks like a real Hollywood movie. I mean, it, it looks like a real film. The Universal put this out and it, it feels like a big movie. Phantasm
2: two just film feel, feels to me uh fantasy sci fi horror. Whereas in Phantasm just feels like a raw, obscure horror movie.
0: Uh it it does grow the mythology though, and it does have different themes. I'm not saying that it's a carbon copy or a remake. It's definitely telling a different story. Yeah, it's not as good. It's not as original. And it doesn't make me think as much. But it is a lot of fun. And when I invite people over to my house and they're like, hey, you know, you want to put in Phantasm When it's with a group of people? I don't even think about Phantasm 1. We just go to Phantasm 2. Because, baby, the ball is back. This is the one that's fun. This is the one that it's fun because you can kind of make fun of the movie when you're with a bunch of people, but you can also just kind of enjoy yourself and smile at it when you're watching it alone. So, hey, Paul, thanks for uh, thanks for coming out and uh, and talking Phantasm 2 with me. Oh yeah.
2: oh, yeah, man. Thanks for having me, man. It's always a pleasure being on and uh, hope to be, uh, be back on again here pretty soon.
0: All right, so that's going to wrap it up for us tonight. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you guys could do us a huge favor, if you're on the iTunes podcast app, or Stitcher, or even Overcast. Leave us a rating, write us a review. That helps us out so much. Thank you for listening. I mean, our numbers are, are going up um, every week, and we really appreciate our audience. So thank you so much for listening to us.
2: We really appreciate everybody's support, and thanks for listening.
0: Yeah, exactly. Thank you. And look, if you guys want to... Uh, Leave us any topics or leave us a title of a movie you guys want us to cover or talk about and discuss. You can send us an email. And the email address you can send that to is themoviecrew at gmail.com. That's the movie crew. Crew is spelled C R E W E at gmail.com. Send that to us. We'll read it and we'll get you taken care of. I promise you. All right, guys, and like always, we're closing out the show tonight with a little bit of the soundtrack. We're going to be playing Phantasm II, the end theme, by Fred Marrow and Christopher L. Stone. Enjoy.